We at Autism and Color believe in letting people express themselves in the manner that they are most comfortable. We respect their freedom of speech and their voices. The views that our guests express are not always aligned with those of Autism and Color. Today, we are interviewing Precious Forbes, and her daughter's name is Gabrielle. Welcome, Precious. Thank you. Thank you. Hello, Siobhan. Hey. So today, ladies and gentlemen, we are interviewing Precious. Precious has a four, four and a half year old daughter. Yes, a daughter. We're interviewing a parent of a girl child who's been diagnosed on the autism spectrum. Precious, Mm -hmm. tell us, how old was Gabrielle when she was diagnosed? This was just last August, so she would have been three at the time. She was three. Was Was there anything that gave you an inkling or an idea that she may be on the autism spectrum? And no, it didn't really hit me early on. Um, to me, as far as a baby, it was nothing that really gave me insight to worry. At all the baby stages, you know, you have parents and things like that where you're showing them and they're like, oh, why isn't she, you know, crawling yet or things like that. But it was not one milestone that I was looking for that I was like, it's just not happening or it didn't happen shortly after. But I am also the youngest out of my siblings. So as far as babies and knowing what they should be able to accomplish is six months, seven months, eight months. I didn't have a, a long list of, hey, you know, I've seen another eight month old and they were doing this. So no, I didn't have really any inkling that worried me. Um, it wasn't until she turned one and we were going to that one year old appointment that her dad, I was telling him, we were going to this appointment, any questions you want me to ask him? He was just like, yeah, can you ask him? I, I feel like she should be saying a few more words than she is right now. And I remember telling him, she's one, you, you're stressing it, I'll ask, but I don't think it's that big of a deal. It's not like she's not engaged and we'll see, we'll see. So she kind of asked me some questions. Well, she's saying about 10 words, some things with you. And I was like, yeah, you know, she'll do this and she'll do that. So it wasn't until the second year appointment where it was kind of same situation. Okay, what do we want to ask? And I realized I didn't have much different from year one to year two. But I was like, okay, maybe we should be concerned. Maybe I should kind of double down on what we were saying last year that we were concerned about. So it kind of came much later for me. Okay, so dad noticed that something may have been amiss. Yes, yes. He was the first one. And I remember kind of shutting him down because, again, as a baby, it wasn't like she wasn't, you know, doing things. It was a lot of eye contact, a lot of emotion, laughing, crying. It was it was all to, crawling, walking. None of it was to where it's like, yeah, she, it took her a while. Or we had to get some help or that just didn't come the way it was supposed to come. So he brought it up at one just in regards to the talking. And even then I was like, I don't think we have nothing to worry about. But I, he does have like a younger nephew and things like that. Maybe he's been around more kids than me. But, yeah, he, he started that whole questionable attitude about it what led to you going and getting her tested so I was hesitant for a long time because by two when we had that question I remember the doctor kind of put me in that same spot and I love her doctor but it was kind of like well hey remember last year when I told you she was doing this and that from what I'm hearing from you I don't see anything wrong you know keep working on it keep working on it and you know you ask other moms but everybody was telling me about this baby net thing they were like you don't have to go through her doctor you can do it independently you do yourself you know you do it yourself 
So I wasn't pressed for a diagnosis because everybody made it seem like even once you have it, there's not much change. And you know, if you're doing speech therapy, if you got her in baby net, if you're doing occupational therapy, it's really just a, a diagnosis you put on yourself. Nothing changes. So I remember I was hesitant because I'm just like, I didn't want to, you, you ride both fences. I didn't want to be the one who puts it on my child. But at the same time, I'm kind of like, somebody tell me, is this what I'm worried about? Is this what you all are talking about when it's things to be concerned? So it was when I was getting into these things and they were just like, well, hey, if you had the diagnosis, it would be easier to do this. It would be easier to get these therapies. We wouldn't have to keep doing this. And I was like, okay, even if I don't want to hear it, it seems like if I want to keep doing what I'm doing, that would help guarantee some things. So that's when I was like, let me just go and get, you know, I, I, I feel like I knew what they were going to say, but it was also kind of like, eh, she'll be fine. You know, I thought I was suited and booted just to hear it so I can keep doing what I was doing. What's baby net? Baby net is the, it's, I don't know how you would specify it, but in South Carolina, if you want your child, I guess, looked at or tested for certain things, it's an organization that gets you started with that. It's kind of like a, something outside of having to get a prescription where I would call baby net and they would ask the questions and get the information to say, do you feel like something's going on with your child and let us get it tested to determine is she on the spectrum? Do you need help? Is there delays? So it's, it's some type of a South Carolina based program that you apply for that gets you started with those kind of things. Okay, okay. So upon getting the diagnosis, how did you feel? It hit me like a ton of bricks because um, as far as getting set up with the whole thing, I didn't have the worst situation. I really didn't. Cause I kind of, I knew what to expect as far as it being a long haul. So I kind of just submitted the paperwork. I even took my time with it. I got the paperwork one time. I tried to fill it out. It was so much to it, hundreds of questions. I put it down. I was like, you know what? I don't have time right now. I got all this other stuff going on until it was getting harder and harder with getting what I was doing done. And I was like, let me revisit. So I knew it was going to take some time, but I think where I lucked up was there was a doctor who was out on maternity leave who had just came back around that time. So she needed to fill her schedule. So I submitted it and they were like, well, hey, she's got an opening. Do you want to come in? So I'm like, yeah, sure. Let's go ahead and get this done. So I didn't have a great understanding of autism when I keep hearing this spectrum, this spectrum. So I, I figured they may tell me she may fall, but I was also in my mind, but she's going to be fine. Whatever they tell me, she's going to be fine. So when I had someone on the other end look at me and say, hey, yeah, this, this is what she has, it was kind of like a, so what are you going to do about it type attitude in, in my mind? It's kind of like it, something got set on me that I couldn't ignore anymore. I couldn't say, nope, not my child. This isn't happening. Right. It was like, so yep now that you know what are you going to do differently so it was hard there's a lot of crying in regards to I, I thought I had the toughest of skin and it just kind of made me aware that you know it's it's still your reality if you want to hear it or not absolutely it was all surreal at this point yes <laughs> and it, it sounds like I mean it at least she's still very young mm -hmm. so for hey yeah Gab, you said <laughs> Gabrielle you want to go sleep you bring your blanket yeah okay you go see <laughs> Preston yes okay so it, it sounds like you know she's still very young and <laughs> which really lends to her getting a lot of services and get like you said suited and booted she yeah. would be suited and booted for all that is to come in these school years and, and all of this stuff. So that's definitely a positive thing. Yes, looking back on it, it's I don't feel bad in regards to, I know I could have done it a lot earlier, things like that, but I am happy I did do it because to that same point, I don't know why, maybe it's just me and going into action as far as what I'm hearing in the research about it. But from there, 
a lot of things became clear as far as like, okay, so this is what I'm dealing with. And then a lot of those positives came in the way because although not much changed, like they were saying, I was already in the therapies and things like that, knowing I was getting accomplished what I needed to accomplish. To your point, Gabby had the late birthday. So that made me feel better about, okay, so you got a little bit more time before kindergarten is a thing to think about. We got a little bit more time now that we know we don't have to worry about insurance of, hey, are you going to continue your speech? Oh, she also needs occupational. Okay, now she also gets to go to the school system and get that extra help. So it, it was a it was a hard thing to deal with, but I was still very proud of myself with getting it done, even when I did catch it to know, hey, you, you know, you did good, mom. Like it's still enough time to where your actions helped in regards to what's next to look forward to. I know that you are beating yourself up, but I don't see any reason for you to because it seems that you were taking the steps. You just never had a diagnosis. You knew that something was there and you tried to get the speech therapy, but you were running into, uh, I guess, a few walls, if I say, because you needed a diagnosis. It was, it was there. Dad saw it. You <laughs> felt it. <laughs> felt that you can you, you would be able to go around something in order to, to complete the process without a diagnosis, if that makes sense. And she's still young. So she has a, she has a whole lifetime ahead of her. So don't beat yourself up. She's four and a half. You've yeah. done a lot since getting the diagnosis. Yeah, yeah. And that's how I say autism mom or just mom in period you know you have that mom guilt but at the same time like you said I try to definitely look at the cup half full type attitude as far as like you know it was maybe you think it would have been this way or that way but where you are is where you are and it's only up from here that's it that's it you can only you can only do something about something if you know something about it yeah 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 right I am learning it. It's, it's, a, it's a lesson you learn every day, but it's, I'm learning it. How did dad respond to a formal diagnosis? He surprised me in regards to, because again, for him to be the first one to notice something, you think he's suited and booted and he's ready and he's going to be on that. Not just say, I told you so, but I thought it settled with him a lot earlier than it settled with me. I think it hit him like a ton of bricks too, because he, in his line of work, his his partner or the person he works with, he has a son who is autistic. So with me thinking, oh, well, you, you've seen this before and you've been all ready for it. I think that's where it also had to hit him to be like, wow. Cause he didn't necessarily, he kept up with me very well with it, but like for the appointment, for everything I'm telling him, it was kind of secondhand to where I feel like he got to, he got to hear it in such a way where I, it wasn't from the source. So it was a little bit softer. Okay. We got an appointment. Okay. She's getting OT. But when I had to call and say, Hey, she has autism. It was, I could hear it in his voice that really telling me that right now that's that's what you you know you have that's what they've said on you and now you're setting it on me so I think I, I was very surprised at how it hit him as well thinking that he would have been more ready than me but I, I think you know same scenario he went into overdrive mode to, to also know well hey I've seen this before I know this is gonna be okay but it did have to hit a reality for him as well to know that we've gotten to that point to okay it's been heard it's been said out loud Mm-hmm. that out loud indeed you can't unring that bell right right like it's, it's not just in our heads anymore it's all and how how is your family in general how, how has the family responded and had they had did they have any thoughts previously or since have they expressed themselves yeah I think what made that hard in transition is because I don't have a lot of family 
A lot of my family lives in New York, so it's not like a day-to-dayer as far as them being able to really get hit, um, an idea of how she is and who she is, but where it was already a hard spot for me is, and I don't know if it's just, you know, the way my mom is or how it went, but even as a baby, my mom is such a, a criticizer as far as things before. So when I would call her and I'd be so excited, look, my your, your granddaughter's doing this and doing that. But why is she not doing this? When, when, let me see, what, put it down. She needs to hold her own bottle. She needs to do this. So we already got on this rocky path. And mom, you said about what she's not doing. I'm calling you excited about what she is doing. So when this came upon me, I didn't want to share it because I'm just like, oh, goodness, here we go. Another something, because again, even me, I didn't have a great understanding of it. So to now try to give it to them and what does that mean? So what is she going to do? So what does that that mean for her? Is she going to be all right? I just slowly started, you know, even when I would call, it went to the point where I used to put her on the FaceTime first so they would have to ask, where is she? Let me see her. You know, let me. So I would say, well, you know, this is what's going on. This is what's happening. And I feel like they tried to tread softly with it well like you know it's going to be all right you know it's but I didn't feel like it was a soft bed already there so I had the the support before it even before this diagnosis it was always the what wasn't going on to where now that we know that something's not going on that it's like oh I want to share this with you I want to so they're doing much better now but I don't think they get the full idea because you know when you see them on FaceTime you send the cute pictures it doesn't maybe seem as bad as they would think but if we go to visit or something and I have to explain that okay well I'm going to leave her with you. But if she does this, and if you see this, this is what that looks like. I don't think they get the full idea of, oh, oh, this is, okay, this is everyday life for you. Okay, so has anything happened where they kind of, you know, when when the parent comes back, the person who's watching the kid gives the report, what what kinds of things have you heard from them with that respect? For my personal family, it hasn't. We just found out about the actual diagnosis last August. The last time she went before everything, especially with COVID, she was about two. So it was certain things that they may be able to see at that point, but it wasn't a long visit or it wasn't many ticks that I would say that they noticed. But as far as just family within his side or people who watch her now, it's definitely a lot of stimming that they can see now. So she has a lot of screaming outbursts where it's kind of like hey she's screaming and I don't know why and I don't know how to you know get her to stop well, I don't know what it came from and I, I would have to kind of coach them through it well what was the last thing she asked for what was the last thing she heard or what did she see so it's a lot of that kind of scenario it's a lot of uh how can I say um the, the non-communication because she's not non-verbal she really tries with communication but it's not conversational yet to where she's very good at if something hurts her or something bothers her well, what happened what is it tell me so in regards to, hey, she wants something, but I don't know what that is. Or is she tired? Is she hungry? If she is hungry, what? how can I present it to her? Because the whole, you know, if she, if she can eat chicken, but she's not going to eat chicken from here. She's not going to eat it in this manner. So the, the help, needing help of kind of, you know, hey, when this is going on, what does that mean? What? How do I respond from what I'm getting from her? Gotcha. So you're training them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's just what I'm hearing and what I like. I like what you said about knowing the antecedent. Antecedent means knowing what happened before the behavior. Mm-hmm. And you are on point with that. I like that. I like the fact that you had them think about what noise did she hear? Mm-hmm. What mm-hmm. word was said? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Was she hungry? <laughs> or, you know. Because right. she be hungry, because she be too hot, you know, anything. Right. So that's really good because I remember my son, he could not take the, he could not take anyone saying, shh, what? 
that, that is would a, cause an outburst. I'm happy to even hear you all say that because you know, even in your own head, when you you know that that's what your child doesn't want, but you don't absolutely know why. I don't know if it's a her thing, I don't know if it's an autism thing. So it makes me feel good because I would tell that to her dad. It'll be certain words. I her teacher's name. I'd be like, "You want to go see Mrs. So and So?" Ah, she would just like she would not like it or something like that. And right now, I have to tell her, put your seatbelt on versus buckle up. I don't know what it is about buckle up, but she doesn't like it. So I would think I would, I was crazy, but I just knew not to do it. I'm like, I don't know what it is, but we just don't do it. Versus right. here, not just me. Okay, that makes it's me. It's not just you. It's 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 how you present stuff. You have to present stuff in a different way. You have to reword sentences to help them to understand or to alleviate words or sounds that they don't like. Mm-hmm. Um, like I can't sing, so I can't sing in front of my son. However, Siobhan, she can sing. And I'm like, well, she only can sing a little bit better than me. But, <laughs> but I feel like I can sing too. I've heard that too. It'll put tune. I get started. I can say one second, hush, hush, hush. It's just like, I'm not, I'm not okay with that. Right. I can't do it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm, I'm, and that's the, it's a great thing because again, after that diagnosis, I don't know what happened for me, but it went in the override of like, okay, okay, pay attention. But even day to day, I am learning what that means and how it changes. All right. And with that said, we will take a brief pause for the cause and we will be right back with Autism and Color with LaBecky, Siobhan, and Precious Forbes. Hi, this is your girl Siobhan from Autism and Color calling all businesses, independent artists, and nonprofits. If you have a product, service, or music that the world absolutely needs to know about, contact Autism in Color. You can reach us at autismincolorinfo at gmail.com. Again, that's autismincolorinfo at gmail.com. And you can call us at 704-835-3605. Again, that's 704-835-3605. Call us at Autism in Color because we are keeping autism on the table and in the conversation. And with our worldwide audience, we can put your business in the streets. This segment is being brought to you by Let's Talk About It, the Autism Center serving young adults with ASD ages 17 through 40 and their caregivers since 2018. Check out our website and get to know more about us and find out about our upcoming events. You can find us at letstalkaboutittheautismcenter.org. You can email us at letstalk1922 at gmail.com or you can call us at 704-835-3605. Let's talk about it. The Autism Center and Autism in Color are keeping autism on the table and in the conversation. We look forward to hearing from you. Welcome back to Autism in Color with LaBecky, Siobhan, and Precious Forbes. Precious, yes, ma'am. tell us what does stimming look like for Gabrielle? So a few things that I can now that the diagnosis has been given, I can think back even as a baby and I didn't even notice. She is a pacer. She is so much a pacer. Even if she's watching TV, it's kind of like this, this routine of going back and forth that she absolutely loves. She's been doing that now that I realized it's a baby. She did get into the, she's very, I guess, pressure seeking. At one point she was a headbanger. She, if it was something that upset her, she was falling out. She liked the tension of hitting her head, whether it be on the car seat, in the bed. 
And I, again, I thought that was just a tantrum. I'm like, okay, it comes with tantrums, but I didn't realize the actual headbanging was a thing. Um, she, she wasn't really that bad as far as sounds and things as far as her ears, but now she is starting to do a little bit of the covering the ears when it's certain things she hears. Um, it was something else because she's, she's always had like her favorite thing. You know how there's an obsession to something. It's her blanket. So her stimming revolves around that. If she's in a really uncomfortable situation, blanket, blanket. It just is something that has to come immediately to really get her back down to her core. So those are the ones over time to where I'm like, yeah, that those have been consistently around and they've shown themselves strongly. Have you, have you tried earphones for her, buying her uh, headsets? I didn't. And I feel like I should have started it much earlier because we didn't get her a tablet so much later. So there wasn't that one device where I was like, because headphone wise, it wouldn't have made sense as far as sounds. Because until maybe a couple months ago, she wasn't a big sound person. Cars, uh, fire trucks, anything to go by. And it wasn't a big thing like that. But when she got her tablet much later on, I remember wanting to try the headphones and she kind of refused it. So I let her be. But I think if she would have got the idea of why that's preferred over this, she would be much into it now. So now it would take some time, but in regards to it, I, I, I haven't, but I, I look into it. I think I'm going to look into that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That's really good. You're doing, you're doing a fantastic job, let me just tell you. She really is. <laughs> yeah. so, so tell us, educational-wise, where is she? Like, can she, can she read? Can she read words? Count? Do puzzles? Yeah. Things like that. So with that, I I feel as though to that point, you know, when you hear this diagnosis, you feel like, okay, you know, you can do stuff, but at the same time, you don't want to pressure it to where you feel like you're putting too much on them. But she showed me early that her interests were there in regards to her learning also picking up. So she's always been a, a music person, whether it be like the little nursery rhymes on YouTube and things like that. So she surprised me. It would be times I would try to count with her one, two, and she would pick right up. So yes, she has an obsession with those letters, those words. She knows her months. And she knows her days of the week, which school has really helped with that. So to that point, yeah, I mean, um, I can tell she's getting to the point now with like adding more stuff to it. She's getting a little reluctant. She's a little bit busier now. She knows what outside it is. She wants to be outside. But yes, her retention is very good as far as learning those things, having an interest in those things. And I'm even with books, she, she it's harder for me. I think that whole school versus home thing is making it hard because I feel like she feels like at school we read books at home. We don't do that. Put the book down. I don't listen to you. But she does identify, oh, we have this book at school. Oh, I, I noticed there's a duck or things of that nature. So, yeah, yeah. I, I Again, I don't necessarily know what, and I don't want to say other four-year-olds are doing at this point, but she does show a lot of interest in those things at this time. That's really good. That's really good. Is she potty trained? Yes. Now, that is one thing I've heard throughout this whole community that I'm very fortunate with. So, yes, yeah, she has been potty trained since two. Yes. That's really good. And, and you were saying how you came about it? Yes, my brother, I remember when she turned one, he was like, what do you want me to get her? Does she have a potty already? I was like, no, just about a potty. So I remember sitting her on it just to be comfortable because I kept hearing how kids are afraid of the potty. So I was like, well, before you get scared of it, just sit down. So she made a few, I guess, sitting on and it happened to do something in it that I praised. So from there, it was kind of like, I'm comfortable. Okay, we're good. And it, I, what I liked about potty training, it seemed to be all in her head as far as what she wanted, when she wanted. It's kind of like she was done with the diaper, but she couldn't understand if I'm done with it, why do you keep putting it on me? And I said, well, until you don't make these mistakes, or you know, you're still going on yourself. So it, it's something clicked in her head. So, oh, all I got to do is go in here and you won't put that on me. It's kind of like she potty trained herself from there. 
It was like, if that's what I got to do, I'm going to do it. All right. Well, her, she probably yeah. was like, I don't like the way this stuff feels on me. So I'm going to take yes. care of this. Yes. Letting me know. That is so great because this wet camp is not working. Yeah. It's kind of like once she got the idea, because I would, we would start it, she would be naked. And I'm like, see, Gabby, okay, there you go, pee. And I don't want to rush it. We'll put the diaper back on. And it's kind of, I remember one night I was, she went all day without it and it was going into the night. And I was like, okay, here's the diaper. She said, no, no. And I said, okay, we won't do it no more. And then from there, she had her mistakes. But it's kind of like, let me figure it out. Anything but that, don't do it. Good so, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. How, how is she with her peers? How, how's that stuff going in terms of school? Yeah. So the one thing I would always say about that, she's never had a big interest. She has never, I remember when she had a certain babysitter, that babysitter did have like a younger baby. And what I always liked about her around babies is she was never scared. She was never like, get them away from me. Oh my goodness. Why is this baby crying? Why are they so close to me? But she never had a big interest. It was never, if I'm playing with the toy and you're playing with the toy, you sit over there. I don't need to share my toy with you. You don't need to share yours with me. When you're done, I'll get it. When I'm done, you'll get it. So it's not until maybe within this last month that I've been telling her dad, I can tell she's somewhat interested in what they're doing. It's hard, especially as a mom, because I still want her to get these um, relationships organically. So like right now, I'll see her seeing other kids do something and she's trying to figure out how do I join in? I want them to chase me. I want to be in on the games, but it, it's still kind of learning how that operation works. So within the last weeks has been very new, but before that, could not care for them being beside her or not. It's like, if you're here, you're here. If not, but I like that she's never been too bad about being physical or worried. Okay, okay. Because that social part is very hard. And it may be that she really never noticed them because sometimes you have those on the spectrum. They don't notice those little kids, but they will notice adults. That's, I, again, thank you for saying that because it would be certain times, yeah, that's why I love her therapist because I would point out stuff and she would make it so much clear to me. Like she's been in daycare almost two years now and I would ask about that and they, they would look on the cameras with me and they would say, oh, well, you don't notice during mat time, she would turn her back to them or don't, you know, I, it's like she's in, she wants to create her own world. But to your same point, she knows how to find an adult, no problem. I mean, if there's help to be needed, can you open this? So I would wonder, I'm like, well, is it just not an interest there? Or like you said, is it not a noticing of them? So yeah, it's those quirks that I see as far as like, ah, she does do that. And, oh, okay. This is something to notice. I'm picking up on them slowly, but surely. And it might be something uncomfortable about a room full of kids. How many kids are in her classroom? That's the thing too. It varies because of course, like the part time and the people who come at what time but it is a pretty large number I think things go up to about 16 at a time and like I said I didn't believe noises used to be a problem but maybe I didn't get to see her in that kind of setting where it was that's the situation but now especially with her tantrums being a little bit more of a screaming type situation we believe that that's the thing you know hey y'all kids are older now they're more active they're more loud so I do think that that's starting to get to her in that manner yeah, it could be the lighting, it could be the noise, it could be the sound, it could be the smell. Yeah, yeah. It's my belief that kids who are on the spectrum, they feel more comfortable with that adult than they do that little person. And maybe mm -hmm. because that adult is a little calmer and those little kids, kids are just all over the place and they're doing too much. Yeah. And it's, and it's overstimulating for them. That makes a lot of sense. It really does. So what are your plans for her, like for this summer? What are you all doing? 
So that's where it gets a little harder because she goes to the elementary school throughout the year from the August to the May. Because I think after three with BabyNet, they kind of graduate out of that. And the school system takes them on to say, hey, we realize we have this special needs child. We want to get them ready for school. Let's go ahead and take them for half the day to get them ready. So in the summer, it's kind of like they just got in this groove and now they're back out of it. We're out for the summer. So then in the summer, she's only going to be doing daycare with her at this age was showing interest in things. What I really want to do is get her into an activity that shows consistency within it, but it's still a learned behavior. So the two things I was thinking about was swimming lessons and she's showing a love for piano. So I'm trying with both of those, but swimming is kind of hard because it's, it's getting all booked up and you want to do that in a certain manner as far as does it work to do it in group? Does it work to do it separately? And then in piano, it's kind of like, okay, how old is she? You know, what is she technically doing? Is she good about this and that? Maybe it's too early. So I'm, I'm putting my feet out there, but not to that point, a lot of responses aren't that open as far as like what people are willing to do. To me, I don't care if she goes to the piano and just watch you do it all day. If she's showing interest, let's get to that interest. Maybe by the end of the summer, she'll do one key and I'm okay with that. But to people, it's kind of like, ah. So let me ask you this with regard to the piano and or just things in general, does she watch anything on like YouTube or are you having her to look at anything on YouTube? So not specifically. So she's a pretty independent YouTuber right now. So to your point, I, I could probably take her to some things that are more specific, but where she picked up on it is a, one of her shows, they have a couple of episodes where like the character likes the piano and he plays it. So her grandfather brought her one about her size and she would just do it when they were doing it. Like, oh, he rams the piano, let me run to mine. I started noticing she wants to mess with it even outside of that time. It's like, oh, my piano, go get it. Can you bring it to me? And then when he takes her to his mother's house, they have a a bigger piano and she loves that too so it's really just showing itself in those time periods but no not that I've kind of and I, I it's one of those things I don't want to I want to engage her in whatever she's interested in but it's I want her to be authentic in it so right. I show her a few things on YouTube and see how she takes to it but at the same time I'm also at that early stage to where if you put that down tomorrow tomorrow it's soccer kind of you guide me you take me there to where you are in your mind precious I'm going to say this to you Follow her music. What's the word I'm trying to say? I don't know. But follow, mm -hmm. follow the music when it comes mm -hmm. to her. Because I remember my son was the same age and I wish that I had allowed him to play the piano. Mm -hmm. When he got bigger, he was able to play the piano. Imagine if he had been playing from four and a half, right? Mm -hmm. She may be able to play it by ear. So you play a tune, she plays a tune. So I would say find the right person for her to yeah. take piano lessons because there's yeah. someone out there. Right, and that's what, because I, I knew one person who just happened to tell me, oh, I teach it, I teach it. So I reached out to them, I told them the scenario, and they was like, well, I think I know somebody who works with autistic kids, let me get that. So to your point, I'm not going to give up there because what she asked, she was like, well, she's good with her hand-eye coordination right now. And I said, you know, this is where we are. She was like, well, do you want to maybe wait till she turns five? And I took that for heed because, Again, I'm not going to make you do something that you're not typically doing, but I'm, I'm now I'm trying to do my own personal research. Hey, if that's not your thing, that's okay. But even down to the comfort, I'm okay with paying for whether she gets into it or whether she looks at it and realizes, I don't want to be here. I don't want to do this. I, like you said, I just want to feed that interest as much as she's interested in at this point. So I think I'm going to do my own research to who may be ready for that. Does she like music? She does in regards to things that make... <laughs> things that involve the other stuff that she likes. So like right now, if I cut on the radio, she's not like dancing to the radio, but nursery rhymes, one, two, three, old McDonald had a farm. 
she loves those kind of repetitive things that she can catch on, get the understanding of, and, and put her knowledge to it. A, B, C, one, two, three, yes. She, she loves to put one and two together with music. Okay, great. How does she do with transitioning? That is a, I would think she does very fair. Now, and that's again with this whole, I think routine happens until it doesn't happen because there's a lot of new stuff showing itself to where a couple months ago, I would say she does fine. It's, it's no problem. But now I can see where she gets so used to something to when it's changed, it has to be something that she's therefore interested in to accept that change. Because I, I've never had a problem with her dressing wise. I've never had to worry, would you wear this, this color, this length, this anything. And now for some reason within the last couple months, she doesn't want jean pants. It's just kind of like, no, no, uh, it, it's only leggings. So to that same point, transition is kind of showing itself a little differently now because even with me and her dad's schedule, he gets her every other weekend. And sometimes we have to change that up. Sometimes I think she's good. We've changed up the weekend. She did fine that last time. And then for some reason now she's not doing so okay. So I don't know if it's that you, I, I don't know when it clicks and when it doesn't, but it's not impossible. Like if I had to go on a trip right now and I'm like hey you gotta go stay with your dad for a couple of days she doesn't give me the words where I'm like she's not gonna be okay none of these days it's not gonna click click for her but it's also not going to be a perfect like you don't gotta worry about her you're not gonna have a bad time it may be that she goes no problem it may be that she screams for a couple hours until it, it levels itself out so okay. so in itself I, I was gonna ask when it's not good with her what does it look like what does she do with me and dad she'll still show out on both accounts but I think she, both of us even if it's like I'm here with dad I'd rather be with mom but I know I'm going to get the love on you love on me that I need versus if a friend did it it's going to be a lot of screaming a lot of you know like you said whatever whatever started it it's got to come down in her mind whether she asked for a cookie and I said no and then I ended up giving her that cookie if she's not over it it's not stopped until until I'm in the right state of mind to be over it but yes, I think we just had a situation in Target where same thing. She wanted some cookies. And I said, well, Gabby, you have those same cookies at home. A lot of screaming. I mean, they had to come check. Is she okay? Is everything all right? But it's kind of like something goes off in her mind to where until I, I come off of this, it's not okay yet. Okay. I think that sometimes we have to introduce those things to them. So like if dad is not going to get her this weekend or you have to go away, you have to make her aware of it at the point that you know. Mm -hmm. and, and if you were to do so, it may change how she responds. Also, do you use visuals for her? So it's something that I've been introduced to how people are doing it differently as far as school versus me. And I'm trying to get an idea of how to work it out. So her school told me the system that they were going to use. They use this book with a lot of visuals. And if they can't get her to talk, they want her to pull the visual off, give it to them as though like, what do you need? What can I do for you? And I would get her reports as far as she went from doing five to 10, from 10 to 15. I wasn't personally doing it at home, but I remember I asked them, can you give me an idea of what this looks like? So they sent me a video and she'll pull it off the thing and kind of create a little sen sentence. I want a cookie. I want juice. And I remember saying, well, I want to start something like that at home. Can you send me one? And they did. But where my question of just not right or wrong, but what should I do? I feel like she talks a lot with me, not in the sense that great, but her requests are getting more. Like now she's starting to use a lot of color. If we walk by something blue, blue, I want, you know, I want the blue thing. I want the red thing to where I don't know if that's a good thing to go in reverse to where I take away her words. And it's like, now I'm handing it to you. I don't want to talk to you anymore. This is what I do with everybody. I hand it. So I haven't personally adopted a lot of visual yet, 
I'm trying to figure out where this all fits into our world. So maybe I'm, I'm, I'm talking, you know, a calendar as to what's next. Like we get up at seven, at seven ten, we're having breakfast. So she'll know the bus comes at this time. We have, you know. So you more know. like, I guess, visual prompts. Yes, yeah, so. prompts. Don't take away the wording because you want to ask her to say, if she wants something say, ask her to say it. Mm -hmm. So I haven't adopted in that way either. I do a lot of verbal with that. So like, I'll be like tomorrow, you know, you go to school and see this person, right? And then from there, you're going to see this person. And then we're going to go to the park. So I do it a lot verbally, but I haven't adopted the visual way of doing it myself. No. How does she respond to you doing it verbally? Is she, is she okay with it? Yeah, she seems to do very good about it because I like how she holds me to it. So okay. I for the, the idea of talking, I didn't know if she kind of got it or not. She, were, she does a lot of echo language, but I'd be like, we're going to go to the park. Park? We're going to go to school. School? So now I can see that it clicks because she still may repeat after me, but she'll go do what I feel like she heard me just say. If I say we're going to go to the store and then we're going to go to the park, she's looking for her shoes. Okay, you said something about the store. Okay. And then if I pass by the park, park, park. Like you told me we were going to go there. And now you're not going there. What's going on? So it's getting there as far as like, yep, she, I do think she understands it because not only does she react to it as far as like, okay, we got to go to the car for that to make sense. She holds me accountable to it. Okay. The misconception sometimes is that those individuals on the spectrum that may not have language that they don't understand. They understand mm -hmm. everything that you said and that's why you're being held, held to what you tell her that you're going to do. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Without a doubt. Because if you didn't do it, she's going to let you know. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So I about to say that it a while ago, because again, I, I, you know, when you first hear that and it's kind of like, tell them, tell them, and you don't feel like you're getting that response back. Like, is this going? Are you getting what I'm saying? And again, that was my own fall, fall downs as far as like, you know, you, you have to make it repetitive for it to stick. But I remember I used to say, and I'm like, I, I think she, you know, she doesn't care, but she's not getting it. First and now she's, she's letting mommy know, no, I, I heard you and you told me we we're going to eat here and I haven't seen you do that yet. So yes, it's, it's showing itself a lot now. And I'm thankful for it. All right. And with that said, we will take a brief pause for the cause and we will be right back with Autism and Color with LaBecky, Siobhan, and Precious Forbes. Hi, this is LaBecky from Autism and Color. We heard you loud and clear when you asked us about starting a support group. Guess what? We've done just that. The Autism Optimist Support Circle meets every first and third Thursday of the month. Yes, every first and third Thursday of the month from 7 to 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That's 7 to 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time via Zoom. If you are interested in being a part of our support group, please send us an email at autismandcolorinfo at gmail.com. autismandcolorinfo at gmail.com. We want caregivers to have a sense of community because only we know what we know about our child who's on the autism spectrum. This segment is being brought to you by Let's Talk About It, the Autism Center, serving young adults with ASD ages 17 through 40 and their caregivers since 2018. Check out our website and get to know more about us and find out about our upcoming events. You can find us at letstalkaboutittheautismcenter.org. You can email us at letstalk 
1922 at gmail.com or you can call us at 704-835-3605. Let's talk about it. The Autism Center and Autism in Color are keeping autism on the table and in the conversation. We look forward to hearing from you. Welcome back to Autism in Color with LaBecky, Siobhan, and Precious Forbes. Hey, ladies. Hey. All right, Precious. So what's next for you and baby girl? What are y'all doing? Yeah, so with her having that late birthday and her being four and a half, she has another year before kindergarten's kind of to be decided and figured out. So my hope within this next year is that the... The things that we're putting in place, um, hopefully ABA therapy being one of them, and then continuing with her speech and OT, is that she is suited and booted to wear kindergarten, even if it needs some editing, even if it needs some specialization. My hope is that um, within this extra year that we have with her having that late birthday, that we get her all prepared and where kindergarten is still a, a something she can attack within that normal classroom, whether it be that she still needs to get her extra help outside of it but something that where she's able to, you know, be placed in that situation and be able to get through that and get through that classroom setting, working out the stimming as it relates to things that does interest her, whether it be the swimming, the piano lessons, the ABA therapy, telling us how we can go about the tantrums that we do see or the, the things in which she does that help her kind of coincide with how she's feeling in her over um, sensories. But yeah, from there, just kind of, you know, like we're saying, meeting Gabby where she is. Mm-hmm and meeting her in her world so and and they she's in daycare now yeah yeah. Mm -hmm. and well there there are no normal versus irregular daycare classes so she's in with um neurotypical children correct Mm -hmm. okay are there any other children who have special needs that are in her class so in the regards to that really being able to answer that I know there are a few now what their diagnosis is and what that looks like for them. I'm not sure. I don't know exactly what that means, but I do know there's at least one or two. But yes, there are a few. Okay. That's great that they have them mixed. They they are doing, what is it called? Inclusion, right? Mm-hmm. So everybody's included. Yes. I want to go back to dad. Mm-hmm. I don't know what his name is, mm-hmm. but I want to shout him out. One, for taking notice, being in tune to his child, his daughter, his baby girl, knowing that there was something there. He couldn't put his fingers on it. Mm-hmm. But he saw it. Good for you in paying attention and asking the doctor questions that dad had. Also, good for him for being there, being accountable, spending time, putting time in with his daughter and letting her know that he's here too. It's not just your mother, but it's me too. And I'm here for the long haul. Salute to her father. Yes, he definitely flowers. Yeah, he let him get his flowers today. Amen. Mm -hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. most and you know, and that's that's real. That's it's everybody's responsibility. You know, Absolutely. we we all took part in her getting here, and she didn't ask to be here, so we all need to take part in her being here. 
Mm-hmm. So great that you all can parent together and you all get it. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. The end goal is definitely the front runner, and I appreciate that on both accounts. Absolutely. And it sounds like his family is involved as well, which is yeah. great. Yes, yes. They are, I about to say, they do what they can, and I appreciate that, whether it be sending me something of, hey, have you read this? Did you look into that? Have you, somebody told you about this? Yes, it's in a very, what I love about it, it's a very respectable and loving way. It's not like, hey, I'm here to, you know, change your parenting style, tell you what to do, but also you are seen, you know, you are heard, that as well as you know, you're thought about. They're invested. Mm-hmm. They're invested. That's great. They're invested. I like that. That's a blessing. Please know. <laughs> It really is because it takes a village. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's a village. And it takes them understanding, understanding and, and, and care and being kind. Mm-hmm. And not doubting. Or questioning anybody's anything, just just right. trying to just trying to provide assistance where they they feel that they can. So is there anything you want us to know? Um, well, I, say, I don't know exactly where we are in the segment as far as wrapping up or if there was anything to follow, but I appreciate you all to start off with, because again, even regards to, you know, your being in the community as well, it's, it's a beautiful thing because me and Ashley joke all the time because we'll call each other when something happened. Oh, she's doing this. He's doing that. And we'll say, girl, I feel like this is all we talk about. It really is all we talk about. But also, like I tell her, it's something we got to talk about because it's real for us. If, if we don't talk about it, it doesn't make it any less real. So doing this because again even with talking about it even though you you know what you're kind of walking into it's necessary because it is our reality so I appreciate that now I don't want to get too long-winded with it but I did want to get an insight of what you all's involvement or world is around it around autism yes whether it be personally like you said I think you say you have a son or family member relation yes I have a son that's on the spectrum okay okay do you is that the only child you have or do you have multiple? It is the only child that I have. Okay. Okay. So that's your per okay. Yes. And that's that is that is my purpose. It's been my life purpose. It's what I do day in and day out. And I feel that it was meant for me to give a voice to autism mm-hmm. and a name because what I want in our community is for it to be recognized and not to be shunned, not to look at it as the end of the world, like how this happened to me, because I like to tell parents like you and her dad, like the two of you, that God chose you as the parent. He chose you. It could have been anybody. But he chose you and God chose me. And this is my life's mission, right? This is my purpose. I found my purpose in my son. Mm. Right? I was free, free willing, as they say, right? <laughs> I was just doing me. God had a purpose. He was allowed, I feel like he allowed me to just do me for, for a little while, but he had something in store for me. And this, it was it. This was it. It was it was Christopher, right? And so I want to do what I can to help any and everyone who has a child on the autism spectrum because he had autism in color. And let's talk about the autism center. We are keeping autism on the table and in the conversation. And that is it. 
truly. And Let's close that for us. With regard to me, um, I do not have a child with autism. Um, I have a neurotypical child, but sometimes we question it. <laughs> but um, I met Christopher when, how old was he, like five? Yes, he was five years old. I met him when he was five years old. That's my sweetheart. And I've been involved in his life since the age of five. So, you know, he's definitely a part of my family and I a part of his and Becky and I are best, the best of friends. So, um, you know, we ride, <laughs> we ride. We ride at dawn for all those who have kids on the autism spectrum, okay? I hear you. rise, give us a call. <laughs> Well, yes, that was that was my little tidbit as far as the education for it, because again, it it needs to be talked about, and then also just the understanding. But yeah, yeah, that is on my end. And we realize that everyone's journey is different, but for me, you if you don't if you don't try, you won't know, okay. right? So you can't say you can't limit your kid because oh, my kid has autism, they can't. Well, guess what? They can. Mm -hmm. They just have, their abilities are different. Their abilities are very focused in certain areas. And I, me personally, I mean, I'm no neuro, you know, scientist, but I believe that the, the focus is so great in a particular area that it, you know, it, it doesn't leave a lot for the other, for some of the other areas. So, you know, and that's just the way that their brains are built. But that's just my theory. <laughs> yeah, you know, they master what they master. Everything yeah. else is secondary. Yeah, I was saying the best thing that I've kind of tried to adapt because uh, I think her OT was really helpful in regards to that as it relates to things that I guess stemming. To me, in my mind, the way I just happen to look at the world, I feel like we all are autistic in our own way. Because even the other day I was getting dressed and I put on some jeans and I was like, I don't even want to wear these. Why am I getting mad at her? Because she don't want to wear them. So to that point, it's just the fact that theirs is to the to the point of where just a little help and aid has been needed as far as, you know, how they can get to where the rest of us may have gotten. But stimming, we all do it. You know, the way in which we, it's certain noises and sounds and smells, we all don't like. So it's kind of I've gotten myself in the regards to like oppression. What you're seeing is not necessarily anything different from what we all do. It's just been heightened in regards to her needing your help to figure out how to manage it. So that's how I've gotten to the point where it's like, you know what? It's not, this, this child's not showing me anything that the world doesn't show me daily. Amen. Sometimes stimming, stimming is for the good. You do realize that, right? But if it's something, if it's something that, that it's becoming more and more, sometimes just a gentle touch of your hand on her hand or her mm -hmm. shoulder to let her know that you're here and, and it's okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. on what kind of um, seen, I don't even know if seen is the proper word, but environment that you're in. Mm -hmm. Just to let her know that you're there. Show yeah. touch, hand touch, holding her hand, giving her a hug, whatever it may be, just to let her know that you're here and it's okay. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Precious, thank you so much for your time today. Yes, yes. Thank you all. Thank you. Is there anything else you would like to share with us before we close out here? 
I feel like I'm missing something. I feel like it was something we discussed that I, I was to share or I need to share, but it's not coming to me at this point. So if I'm missing it, please feel free to remind me, but not that I can think of at this moment. Okay. I- Becky, you have any other questions? No, I want to I wanna let you know that you're doing a fantastic job. I said it earlier, but I want to reiterate the fact that you're doing a fantastic job. You started where you started. Mm-hmm. And because you started early, you will see success when it comes to Gabrielle. What you put in is what you get out. And you are putting a lot in. Well, thank you. I truly appreciate that. I appreciate hearing it. I appreciate you all being the village from where you are and what you are doing. And thank you. I do thank you. All right. Ladies, have a good day. You too. Take care. You as well. Bye-bye. This is your autism moment on Autism in Color. Yes, so my name is Precious Forbes, and this scenario, I would say, would be my autism moment. Um, Gabrielle, she when she finds something she shows interest in or when it's something she has an interest of, she will stop what she's doing. It doesn't matter who you are, if you know her, if she knows you, and she will go go to that thing to find you know more information about it. So you don't know when it's going to happen. You don't know what it is. So I, it was, I think, in two different scenarios that her father and me had he sent her to therapy to where she went inside. She was getting her therapy. And when she's done, they sent her outside. So he happened to be standing outside with one of the fathers and they're just talking. So they're sending her outside. And I, I guess this man had a really long or thick beard and they're just in the middle of talking. Gabby kind of pulled him down to her and she just wanted to feel his beard. She just started rubbing her little fingers through his beard. His, her dad was like, you can't do that. And I was like, I know she does it with me too. And I think similarly, we were at the park and she's just running. And I don't know if it was a lady's hair color or what, or just the love, the, the way it was styled that she liked, but she stopped and she went to put her fingers through the lady's hair and she took off her wig and just handed it back to the lady and went on by her day. I said, this, that would be my autism moment. Gabby said, oh, I'm sorry. Here you go. That's yours. I'm gonna give it back to you. This has been the autism moment on Autism in Color. Hello family, this is your girl Siobhan from Autism in Color. And LaBecky and I wanted to remind you to like Autism in Color, subscribe to Autism in Color, and most importantly, to share Autism in Color. Because we at Autism in Color give families the opportunity to share their unique experiences, their challenges, and their triumphs. We at Autism in Color are keeping autism on the table and in the conversation. So don't forget, like, subscribe, and share.